0: Hey, strapping your Timberlands because you're tuned into the Daily Knicks Podcast. My name is Justin Credible and I'm a contributor at the Daily Knicks Podcast. On today's episode, we will be talking about what to expect from the Knicks from the upcoming weeks. Chris Stapps wants to get back on the court. K.D. lighting up the New York skyline and what got in his all messed up. But first, a little bit of this. guys welcome back to the pod appreciate everyone coming back this week i apologize for no pod last week your boy was very sick shout out to the flu virus um but i'm back not all the way 100% but i'll be all right be able to get through this pod for you guys speaking of not being 100% there gotta talk about the knicks um and let's talk about the game uh, prior, I'm recording this on a Monday or Tuesday, actually. So this is right in between them playing the Indiana Pacers on Wednesday night. So we talked, um, I talked to you guys about my expectations. Um, currently the next stand at two and five with their two wins being against probably the two worst teams in each conference, the Atlanta Hawks and the Brooklyn nets. Um, so far after seven games, um, I'm impressed. I'm actually a little bit impressed. They've only truly only got blown out in one game. The Miami heat game um, down South beach where they just couldn't find the basket. The offense was really bad throughout the game, even though they did lose by 28 points to the golden state Warriors on Friday. The fact that they were even in that game into the fourth quarter, having a lead midway through the fourth quarter is impossible to believe. I mean, We could have lost that way or could have gotten embarrassed like the Chicago Bulls did when they gave up 14 threes to Klay Thompson and 92 points and a half. And a half, they gave up 92 points. The Brooklyn Nets scored 96 in four quarters against us. But anyway, obviously the big news is the, the shakeup that happened in the lineup. So after five games, Fisdale kept his word. He changed the lineup. The original starting five was Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr., Frank Milikina, uh, Lance Thomas, and Enos Kanter. For the last two games, the Knicks have looked a lot better going one-on-one. It's been Frank Milikina at the point with Tim Hardaway, Damian Dotson, Noah Vonleh, and Mitchell Robinson. Now, it's only been two games, uh, not a lot has can you take from them playing the Warriors, the, literally the two opposite ends of uh, the spectrum, and playing the Warriors and playing the Nets. But this 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 starting lineup looks great. I mean, it looks real good. Um, you clearly have a lot of defensive minded players. When you have Frank, Damian, Dawson has played better defense than I thought, and obviously a Mister Robinson. You know, while he's still committing very stupid fouls. Um, he's playing a lot better pick and roll defense than what Enos Cantor was. I mean, Cantor was a sieve anytime you play any type of pick and roll with him. And so they look a lot better defensively and offensively. Frank is showing big, big steps forward. Um, Tom Breer, who writes for the Knicks, tweeted out that. In the first five games of the season, Frank was putting up basically the same numbers he put up last year. He was averaging 6.6 points on seven field goal attempts. He took about three three three-pointers a game, and you know he wasn't even averaging a a full free throw. In the next two games, Frank has averaged 16 points on 12 shots. He's taken six three-pointers and taken two free throws a game. If that's going to be Frank's career, not even right now, if that's going to be Frank's career with the le- a level of defense that he plays, I think every Knicks fan would be happy with that. But he's clearly shown that he's much more comfortable playing the point guard than playing the three. Um, it doesn't look like he's comfortable playing anything but off the ball. It's interesting. He he plays the game a lot like Lonzo Ball. I'm not saying he's Lonzo Ball in the sense of like the same skill set in terms of passing and everything like that, but... They're really not ball dominant, even though he's only effective with the ball in his hand. He essentially pushes the ball and kind of gets rid of it kind of in a hot potato sense. He's not looking really to score, but when he does look to score, he's making excellent moves and excellent decisions. I really loved what I've seen from Frankie these last couple of games. And obviously the other two moves are Noah Vonley and Robinson along with Dotson in the starting lineup. I already touched on Dotson. I think he's been a welcome addition to the lineup offensively and defensively. But Vonley is the biggest surprise to me. I watched him play, you know, in Portland. I watched him play in Charlotte. Um, He looked awful. Like, I thought he was terrible. Now, he's a lot bigger than when he was drafted. I mean, a lot bigger. You can tell he's got, like, a man's body now. And so he's been playing great. Uh, He's a lot better passer than I thought. Um, there was a play when against the Nets where he was able to drive down a lane and kind of do a little behind the back pass to Mr. Robinson for a dunk. Um, so he's he's a lot better passing than I gave him credit for. Um defensively he's fine. Um he does make he does kind of like barrel down the lane sometimes. He isn't necessarily fluid with his moves. But for what the Knicks have asked asked him to do, um, basically play some defense, make a couple shots, you know, basically just kind of be an essential glue guy, I think he's been great. And obviously the final piece was Mr. Robinson, who a lot of people, I guess, criticized the move because not only was Cantor playing really well, Robinson really hadn't shown anything to deserve the nod. I was really confused because he played in the first game against the Hawks and then he rolled his ankle after a minute. And then basically after that, he really wasn't getting a lot of minutes. And I was kind of confused. The only game he really got a lot of minutes was against the the Celtics, which I really didn't like the lineup of Robinson and Cantor. Cantor pretty much does all his work in the paint. And, you know, Robinson isn't going to step out. So I was kind of confused with that. But even after that, his minutes kind of went down. Then he went from basically kind of not playing a lot to starting. Um, But you can tell this guy can play. Um, He runs the floor really well. He's active on defense. He still makes really dumb fouls. Um, I was obviously completely wrong about him. I thought he was going to spend a year in the G League. Um, I did not see him being a starting caliber player. Not in the sense that I didn't think he had the talent for it. Um, I didn't think that the team, A, needed it, and B, I didn't think he was ready. But now him starting now has a little bit of a Knicks controversy behind it. Because Enos Cancer over the last couple of games has made it known, basically, that he's displeased with uh, his new role on the bench. I'll, uh, I'll show what you guys are playing right now. So yeah, so you can clearly tell that cancer is pissed that he is not starting at the moment. Um, and why wouldn't you be? He's in the last year of his contract. He picked up his deal knowing that no one, was a, no one else was willing to give him the eighteen and a half million or more that he was looking for on the open market. So he decided to come back, get in great shape, be a starter. You know, enter this, enter next season at twenty-seven years old, coming off a great season but he's not going to be able to get those numbers if he's coming off the bench. Now what I will say is that in the two games he still had more minutes than Robinson in both games, you know. He was able to put up 15 and 15 in this previous game against the Nets. He put up 8 and 13 against the Warriors the night uh the Friday night prior. My takeaway is this. Like I said before on this pod I think Fisdale is clearly showing that he's letting everything be up for grabs. He's trying to figure out what's the best line of for maybe that night, maybe that week, and to see what's going on. The fact that the front offense, the front offense, wow, the front office has given him the ability to bench Cantor, who's our second best player right now. He's our second best player on the team. And, there's really been this is kind of a small story. Typically, someone of this Cantor's um status would have drawn with him being upset. He's clearly upset, would have gone, garnered kind of uh, more of attention. Maybe it's because no one cares about the Knicks of the two and five, or the fact that, you know, Dave is able to convince him, at least for the moment, that this is fine. But it's gotta be in the back of Knicks fans' minds that. The same thing was what basically got him fired from Memphis. His issues with Marcus All. Now, obviously, Cantor is not the same caliber player as Marcus All. He's not the same caliber player as Christas Porzingis, who is really the guy you need to have a good relationship with. But it is interesting to see is this going to continue? Is Cantor going to keep verbally showing through the media that he's upset about not starting? Or will it be nipped in the bud? Or will Cantor eventually get his role back? You know, maybe he'll start the next game. Um, We don't know yet. Um, I personally love the fact that Mr. Robinson is starting. Um, I think that he's the future. Uh, You can obviously envision a team of, for this season, being Frankie, Timmy, Knox, Porzingis, and Robinson all starting. I think that's a team that with a full season can make the playoffs. Um, but we don't know if we'll even get to see that game that's that uh, that team you know whether or not KP comes back this year or not. and so it remains up in the air. Uh, so far it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but it has to be worth noting the fact that he's clearly frustrated in the uh, in the way that uh, he's being perceived right now on the team all right and first let's get caught up on our break All right, we're back. Um, Like I said before, talking about the Knicks' upcoming schedule. Now, they do play the Pacers at home on Halloween, on Wednesday. Then, to me personally, they don't face a truly tough opponent until next week, Saturday, on the 10th, where they play the – Raptors on the road on a Saturday in the afternoon. But their next five games are at home to the Pacers, on the road at the Mavericks, on the road at the Wizards, home to the Bulls, away at the Hawks. Now, right now they're two and five. If there's any belief that the Knicks are going to make playoffs or at least be in contention or at least be a thriving team, this is a stretch where they have to go at worst three and two. At worst. Because after this, after this, it gets tough. Now they do play the Magic twice in this next little stretch after they play the Hawks. But they have games against, like I said, previously, the Raptors at OKC, at the Pelicans, home to the Trailblazers, at the Celtics, home to the Pelicans. That is going to be a tough stretch for them to catch any wins. So if they're going to at least be decent, respectable, they have to go at least 3-2 and in this stretch. Have to. No, they cannot lose three of these next five games. Um, They have two teams on here that could be worse than them in the Hawks and the Bulls. And they get the Pacers at home. Now, the Pacers are a good team, but they are struggling at the moment. Um, you know, Victor Oladipo and those guys haven't really got it clicking yet. So if you want to beat them, you have to beat them at home now because the Knicks do not play well in Indiana. That's the last place they lost their playoff series. Um, so you have that. You have these five guys, or five teams, I should say, looking forward to see if they're going to be able to win or at least stay competitive with these teams at all. And also, what we should also look for is see, again, with the lineup changes. All those teams that we're able to face, okay, clearly have dynastic or dynamic wing slash, you know, tall guards they have to face. We have Victor Oladipo for the Pacers. You got Luka Doncic for the Mavs. You obviously have John Wall and Bradley Beal for the Wizards. Zach Levine has been tearing it up for the Bulls. And then obviously rematch against Trey Young in Atlanta. So clearly Frank Neokina is going to start. It looks like Frank is basically kind of locked in as the starter now for the rest of the year. I don't see a a situation where Frank isn't starting him and Timmy Hardaway. Look like they're going to start the entire time. Um, the issue now with the Knicks going forward is that second unit that comes in, Um, how well they're going to play on defense. Because it clearly shows that um, Fisdale is still using about eight to nine guys in his rotation. So there's going to be a point where Burke, Cantor, and Hazonia are going to be on the floor at the same time. Now, you can't burn out Frankie, and he can't guard everyone on the floor, you know. And the Knicks just don't have that many good defenders. So, unfortunately, they're going to have to play into the 120. That's why the pace is so uh, is so high. Um, Why why it's so there. Now, granted, while the pace is high, if you look at uh, basketball stats, the Knicks only rank 21st in pace right now. Now, granted, they're only separated by, I think, like f- four seconds or so from the number one team, which is the Pelicans at the moment. So... It can obviously pick up; is they're not running at a slow pace. However, if they want to win these games, they're gonna to have to keep running up and down the floor and tire some of these teams out. You know, the Pacers play really big; they play Miles Turner and his zone. I mean, uh, Sabonis together. Um, they're going to have to run those guys basically off the floor. Um, The Bulls game is obviously a game where the Bulls are going to let you score as much as you want. It's going to come down to the last couple seconds who can get stops at the very end. Uh, But this this is a test to see how much the Knicks are able to employ that speed aspect of their game and just keep running up and down, up and down the floor and challenging the conditioning of the NBA players. Now, I think early in the season, the pace thing will be an advantage to them because not everyone was necessarily in shape, but as we get closer to March and April, when teams are clearly in shape now, or at least, you know, have their legs under them, that, that running really fast, isn't going to help. Everyone's pretty much in shape or you should be. Everyone should be at least be in shape by that point. Uh, But for now, this is definitely the sweet spot of their schedule before it gets, you know, daunting uh towards the end of the year for them all right and we're going to take one more break and then we'll come back and I'll tell you about the mashup for the week Alright, back. This is the last part of the segment. You know what we like to do. We like to do the mashup of the week. Basically, I'm going to talk about something not necessarily with sports, but it could also be with sports. Um, You know, kind of like my own five-minute little segment just kind of where I go off and just let you know like what I'm talking about. I'm taking two outside topics and kind of putting them together. So, y'all know I'm a big music fan. I already talked about this on a previous pod. And... How the idea of letting sleeping dogs lie is always a thing in sports. You never want to give quote bullying to board material. You never want to incite trouble when you don't have to have any trouble. We all know the beef that happened between Drake and push a T where push a T one. And I'm a Drake guy saying this with push a T one. Drake brought it back up on his show, not his show. on on the shop with LeBron and Maverick Carter. And push Pusher decide to go to the Button podcast and give his side of the story. Why I'm bringing this back up is not necessarily to deal with the actual beef that they're talking about, but how beef in 2018 is completely different. Now, I wasn't around with no Vaseline's or hit him up, and all the other stuff came out. The only beef this is this is how you know beef took a took a dip. The, the major beef for me growing up before Drake versus Meek Mill was TI versus little flip. And if you want to know who little flip is just Google games over. Okay. That was the major beef of the early to mid two thousands. Um, so <laughs> while I have don't have personal, I guess living experience of beef, I know how beef was working and it's, different in a sense now that no one wants to rap um everyone wants to podcast or insta story or tweet you know and how this age came about is fascinating for the idea that we do are dealing with rappers right not just with meek not i'm excuse me, not Meek, uh, with drake and pusher with cardi and and Nikki, now they go. Nikki has her own radio show talking about this, and Cardi's on Instagram talking about this. When y'all, y'all are rappers, y'all can write verses. Like, I feel like that'd be a lot more entertaining than let me hear you guys rant and rave. You know, I mean, that's what beef was about. Um, but now we we're in an age where beef is like weird because, like, I don't know who's winning. I don't know if there's someone that can win. Like, at some point while I think the Nikki and and Cardi beef is kind of manufactured in a way y'all can just say all this stuff on a record right like y'all can just simply just rap this all out like that is what you guys get paid to do is to rap um instead of like subbing each other in a way like online just online bullying each other or whatever um But at the end of the day, like, that's basically kind of how rap kind of has to go still. And the one rule of rap that should be a rule in rap beef is that you kind of got to actually rap to beef. But that's all my time for you guys today. Short pod for you guys. Thank you guys again for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe to the pod. Make sure you guys follow the Daily Knicks and check out all of our articles down there. Um, Thank you to all the sponsors that were able to sit sit on this pod. I'll be back next week to catch up with you guys about what else happened during the Knicks five-game stretch that we already talked about. For anything you know, you guys know you can follow me at JustInCred92 on Instagram and on Twitter. And, yeah, talk to you guys next week.